0: Hello to you all and welcome back to another episode and the last episode in the Finger Lakes series. So I'm joined again by Richard Rainey of Forge Sellers. So obviously be prepared for some ridiculous conversation and laughing. We are going to go in far more detail on the Seneca Lake. So this is the Biggest and deepest lake in the Finger Lakes. We're going to talk about them being featured in Wine Spectator, the most terrible vintages for him. Naming some of his vintages, that's, that's what he does. And he'll give you a very good explanation as to why he does it. Talking about petrol in riesling so petrol or kerosene this is actually a chemical compound well i'm going to tell you about that later in the episode and we're going to see what richard thinks about the descriptor kerosene or petrol and make sure you stay to the end because richard's going to talk with us about what i think is an incredibly interesting food pairing with riesling one that is now top of my list to try so I am sure you're going to love this episode. We'll be tasting more dry Rieslings. And I promise you, of course, the conversation is anything but dry. Okay. Now, what I want to talk about is your naked bottles. Actually, I should have done a bigger pause. Your naked bottles Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh I'm so funny I'm a clown right I love this so you literally there's no foil at all on the top is there you know this Mm -hmm. is lighter weight bottle actually in fact do you know what I can read it it tells everybody on the back of the bottle lightweight bottle fewer carbon emissions no capsule no plastic waste box 99 percent recycled material plus compostable
1: yeah. yeah, so now, um, here's where right. the, the, the wheels fall off, is um, if we ship them to France, they require us to put a plastic capsule.
0: Oh, those! So, oh, I can't say anything. <laughs> <Arr>! <laughs> uh, your
1: yeah. neighbors. Your neighbors. Um, <laughs> and we love them. And, and we go- love they them.
0: Ha- they have good croissants.
1: Very good. Um, And wine. (laughs) So in the States, um, I haven't used a plastic capsule since uh, ever, 2011. Mm. Um, And I never much liked them being in the restaurant business and being in, in the wine business myself. My wife owns a wine shop. So we're in this business up to our eyeballs. And we're opening bottles every night and tasting wines from all over the world. And and the one thing we all agree upon is having to cut a capsule off and throw in the trash is just... An absolute waste waste of time and energy.
0: And you know what I love about, first of all, when I look at your bottles, it doesn't look like anything's missing. And if anything, it's more modern and you can see the cork. So I can see that you've printed on the cork, you know, your logo, Forge Sellers and, you Mm -hmm. know, Barol and Rainy, last names of you and Louis. It kind of it's nicer. You see more of actually what you're getting. I think a cork itself is quite romantic. So the fact that you can see it, I like it.
1: I'm going to, uh, re- I'm going to get a recording of that from you so uh-huh. I can send it to Europe because we have this discussion with my French friends all the time. And yeah. I say, guys, like, uh, it's a it's a pretty easy thing not to do.
0: I don't think and, anyone would not buy a bottle. But I'm not French, so I, you know. I think you know each culture is so different. But
1: I've only you... had one person call me. One person called me and said I was going to buy this for a gift, but it doesn't look fancy enough. Oh, And, yeah. and I said no problem. Uh, put it in a bag and put a bow around it. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure if she got the joke, but uh, <laughs> I was. But no, I, it's just a simple thing. You know, I, yeah. I listen, it's not going to change the world. We know that. But it's it's a simple little thing we can do. And we try to do it in the U.S. Unfortunately, I can't do it in Europe. But maybe one day we'll get there. You know, I mean, it all starts. It starts somewhere. And then mm-hmm. other people see it and they go, well, that doesn't look so scary. Maybe I could try that. And, and you know, maybe we can make a little difference if we added up all the capsules, right, that mm-hmm. we haven't used we figured it's somewhere uh, about 20 miles of capsules that we didn't use.
0: 20 miles. Oh, my God. That's that's impressive. Well, and it would have been more if the Europeans had got their act together. <laughs> <sighs> uh, what can we do? What can we do? So tell me. Tell me about you ending up in the Wine Spectators Top 100. How was that? Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, It was good. I mean, it's always good. The press is nice. I I like uh, James (laughs) Molesworth. He's Uh uh, he's a very, uh, I think he's a great writer. Um, But uh, it was good for the region, you know. Uh, The first time was in 2015, Mm -hmm. and then the second time was the 2018 vintage. And uh, oddly enough, it was 31 both times. But listen, we're a small region. We're all connected. And so when one of us uh, gets a bit of good press, it helps us all. We're not a, we're a fairly new region. We're fairly small. Uh, we don't have massive amounts of investment. So we all have to work together to to promote the region and to tell the story. So for me, it just brought more attention to the region and, and obviously for Forge. but um, you know, it, it doesn't hurt. It, 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 the wines are interesting customers enjoy the wines. They may not know about the wines. And this is one way to give uh, some customers, a wine spectator, a chance to, to, you know, experience the wines. They see them and they want to go out and purchase them and say, oh, wow, I never, I never thought about dry reasoning from the Finger Lakes. What, a, what another cool thing I can drink on occasion. It was great. And
0: wasn't 2018 which you said was the the last feature wasn't that like a horrendous vintage for you oh my
1: god i'm still i mean i'm actually still in therapy for 2018. (laughs) what Uh, happened it was just uh we had this like once in 300 year rainstorm that parked itself on the east side of seneca lake and i think it was 10 or 12 inches something ridiculous in one day and so um, it was really hard on the vines. The vines just got poor. Things got beat up, and mm. um, so you had a couple of choices. You could either pick very early and be very conservative, or wait, and which we did. And yeah. uh, we we pushed the boundaries. Uh, I don't really want to do that again anytime soon. <laughs> but you have an expression of riesling that that frankly is. is you know, it's from another planet. It's it's quite uh, exotic and Asian five spice and gingerbread, and uh, it was really wild. Um, so it's it's got a lot of the the kind of the aromas and the feeling you would associate with a dessert wine but it's bone dry mm. so it's a really crazy intersection of aromas and every time we open one we giggle because this was uh <laughs> this was this was naughty, you naughty survived.
0: wine. you survived yeah Good
1: we work. survived yeah oh, absolutely dear.
0: so we haven't touched on is uh, Seneca Lake itself. So this is the biggest lake. This is where you are. So can you tell me a little bit more, and everyone listening, why Seneca Lake is different from, well, I guess the other two lakes, because as you've already mentioned, all the other little lakes, you can't really grow grapes, so it's very difficult. So how does Seneca Lake differ from Keuka and... um, Well, they, they sound so similar, don't they, from Keuka and Cayuga.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so you have Cayuga and you have Cayuga and then you have Seneca, which was all part of the, these are the names that were part of the the Iroquois nation, the natives that were here. Mm -hmm. Um, So this, the, the lake, Seneca Lake, let's call it, you know, 38, 40 miles, depends who's measuring long. (laughs) and (laughs) and it is it's deep you know it can be uh, nearly 620 feet deep Mm -hmm. in its uh, deepest area and about a mile and a half wide and this was uh, created so what you had was this thing called the great upheaval where it dumped all the water off of this area to the north into the Great Lakes, uh, which are very, very important for the Finger Lakes. Without the Great Lakes to the North Lake Ontario, they're the big, big buffer for the cold air coming from Canada. Without without them, it doesn't work. And then we have Seneca Lake, which uh, is the final piece of the puzzle that allows us to grow grapes here. Now, Um, Seneca Lake is is very deep, long, a massive body of water, Um, and it gives us protection, um, a a nice microclimate within about one mile around the edge of the lake. and here the glaciers also when they receded uh, left a lot of stuff so you know when the canadians come and and we have these rocks that are not from this area i always tell the canadians if you want to take these back with you you can because (laughs) they're they're more related to to canada so so we have that so when the glacier receded you have these deposits of gravel and sand and rock but then in addition you have the uh, above the lake, um, have all the water in the material that tries to find its way down, down the slope to the mm-hmm. water. And the lake has been at different depths. So what we are finding are these kind of alluvial plains where uh, I, you know, I have vineyards that are planted on very deep gravel that are a result of the lake being at a, at a greater depth. And material uh, hitting the water, slowing down, and creating alluvial plains. So it, there's a lot here, and it's why we uh, have this addiction with these single vineyard sites. Because every time we turn around, we we find another site with another expression, and it's it's just it's amazing. And this is why I kind of. Th- You forget sometimes about Riesling because we're in such the habit now of of saying, oh, my gosh, you know, look at Breakneck Creek this year. It's so salty and amazing. Oh, gosh, how about Railroad? Once again, it's full of apricot. And this Mm -hmm. is how we we think about everything because there's so much here within these eight miles to experience. So Seneca Lake is just, uh, it's really an interesting place to make wine. And it's so, it's right on the cutting edge of where we can make wine in the Northern Hemisphere.
0: Okay. Do you think then that Seneca Lake, because it's the the biggest and the depths of water has changed so much, it has Mm -hmm. actually the most variety of soils compared to say the other two lakes?
1: Probably the most access because of the slope uh mm-hmm. in other areas you have you know cliffs so you have these big cliffs that you know don't enable you to have really access down to the lake so maybe that would have a, a you know something to do with it but hey listen here's the other thing uh we're so young right this is mm-hmm. a region that's just over slightly over 100 years old 120 years old for growing grapes Um, as a vinifera region it's 70 years old so there's still so much to know and to learn so uh to say that I, i i i have my hands completely wrapped around it is it's not true we just haven't planted enough and we don't have enough uh data to understand what the soils and the impact of soils on other lakes are going to be in relation to the flavor of the wines.
0: Mm. Well, let's talk about these ludis. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what a lieu is, it's basically a French term that refers to kind of a specific part of a vineyard, right, based on its based on its te- terroir, its topography. So, you how many Ludi's have you got? Did you say 13? Or thirteen in wines 20, were
1: released. Yeah, in twenty twenty, we made uh, we we made thirteen different single vineyards, and then classic. <laughs> Like it's, I, I need it. therapy. I need therapy. <laughs> I really do.
0: Don't we all? Well, okay. <laughs> we, c- we haven't got time to talk about all of them, but what we could do is talk about the two that I happen to have in front of me. Mm. So let's go for the Breakneck Creek Vineyard, which everybody, oh. the bottle says, Alpine Meadow, Quince. And defined. So I'm rather excited about this. And I can tell everybody already, it's on gravelly, silt, loam and shale. It's that shale, everyone, if you're going to remember one soil, it's shale. On 784 feet elevation, west facing. Mm. And you've even put the harvest date, October the 15th. Thank you for all that information. I actually really appreciate having all that. Super simple tasting notes, rather than just, (laughs) you know, a huge paragraph of absolute nonsense. And then I love the fact that you've actually given me some some site specifics as well. So let's get, should we give this a go? Do you want to tell me whilst I'm having a little was, sniff? Yeah. A little whirl, well, swirl. Well, I
1: think, um, so about the tasting notes, you'll notice the last word defined. What the hell does defined Ooh. mean? This and, wine. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, sorry. I, carry it, on. It, it, no, it's, it, it, there, we have to have fun. I've right? thrown you off there, now. There, Oh no, no. I no, Throw me off. No. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Uh, so, so when we do these notes, these notes, it was myself, Christina, who helps me uh, run Forge, and then Julia, mm-hmm. who runs the cellar, Cellar Master. And, you know, we're tasting and tasting and, you know, we're all familiar with the normal tasting notes. And we try to have fun sometimes. So define what does defined mean in terms of wine tasting? Um, sometimes it elicits some conversation and people scratch their heads, but this is for me, the great pleasure of wine, like to create conversation and say, does it find, feel defined to you? Not okay. Whatever. So Alpine Meadow Quince defined. I picked this. If I recall on the 15th of October, you did. Um, you did it says it. okay, good, good. And, um, Boy, I was pulling that date out of thin air. Um, <laughs> but what what is Breakneck Creek? Um, I think it's the wine that is typically the most saline.
0: Oh my god, you've already the, ruined it for me. I was going to say it's like literally salt on peach. It's salted yes. peach. I had salted I had a very tiny little sprinkle of salt on grapefruit of the other one, but this one is actually really saline. It's it really amazing, is. and mm-hmm. and this is
1: yes. um. Uh, a, a very deep creek. It's a ravine that's probably 120 or 130 feet deep, and uh, it's a massive, beautiful uh, creek that runs down next to this vineyard, and hence Breakneck Creek.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, what I I think I the first vintage we made of this was in 2016, and you know it was it was it was a it was so great. We were in the in the wine in the cellar. And we put the wine in our glass and it was so different than anything else. And it had such a distinct personality that this was one of the catalysts for us to really start to concentrate on all of these individual sites because we just kept seeing Mm. massive differences over the years. And so now we get to share this like little chapter, this little individual story um, of this site with, you know, our friends. And it's just been, it's been great.
0: Do you know, it's lovely. It's like when you smell it, you can get taken to the seashore. So you've got this salinity, but it just lovely freshness and a very slight kind of woody perfume i don't want anyone to Mm. think it actually smells like wood because it doesn't um maybe that's where you're getting this alpine meadow from because it's still floral but there's something a little bit more um spicy and woody and certainly on the palate it's super salty and a beautiful peach like really really vibrant um some might say defined
1: (laughs) defined what a tie-in. What a pro you are. Uh, yeah, it, 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 you, you feel you do always taste a bit of the, the earth. You know, mm. I think always um, mm. there's the sense of the, um, the place, the wet stone, the rock, the soil. And I, I love this about Riesling's ability to capture that.
0: Mm. I have to say so far compared to the, the first wine we tried in this one, there's no petrol or kerosene, which is often very classic of Riesling. Haven't no, picked that up. It's, te- mm.
1: it's terrible. I hate that description. Ah.
0: <laughs> well, um, but it, it, it but it is definitely something that is found in Riesling sometimes.
1: Agreed. And it's it's a thing that uh, a lot of people like to use when they talk about Riesling because I think it says, hey, look, I, I, I know something about Riesling, so I'm going to use this descriptor. Yeah. And, and and you go, great, because we need more people talking about Riesling and appreciating Riesling because we all love it, but then a lot of people don't drink it because they've had uh, inconsistent experiences with the understanding of what was dry and what was not. Mm. And it's, it's a bit of an issue in the world of Riesling. You have this amazing uh, category of just brilliant varietal but there's the the consumer doesn't know if it's going to be dry or sweet most of the time and that's that's what's very difficult in the U.S. Uh, and so that's that's we can have another podcast just about that Um, but for me uh, what we find in these wines often is honeycomb you know the, the 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 yes
0: the sweet sort of yeah yeah so we find it stuck in your teeth that gets
1: stuck in your teeth right and so we find more uh you know beeswax and honeycomb Mm -hmm. than we would say than we want petrol or or these aromas and i think sometimes the people will kind of confuse them you know which is understandable um But yeah, hopefully you're finding those aromas in addition to all that other nice stuff. Uh,
0: Funny enough, you said honeycomb. I get honeysuckle. So that was going to be... mm -hmm, Honeysuckle. But for anybody who wants to know, I guess then the honeycomb, the honeysuckle or the petrol that we're not allowed to use because Richard doesn't like the term um, comes (laughs) from... I know it comes from a... It's a compound in the skins called mm. TDN. I have no idea the actual, I can't ever remember the long format because it's a whole load of numbers and scientific words. But for anybody who's interested in obviously quite clearly that specific, CDN. yeah, just it's called TDN. Go with that. Yeah. Give it a little Google and you can see whatever the uh, long, long. The, the full name is for it. But that is actually where you get that characteristic. But okay, uh, this is absolutely stunning. Now, unfortunately, I don't believe it's currently in the UK. Boo! But for mm. everyone listening in the US, I think you you are selling this, is this $25, $26? Uh,
1: in the US, yeah, give or take $26. Mm-hmm.
0: So not much. I mean, it. <sighs> this isn't... <sighs> I don't think this is necessarily hugely better than the classique, but I think it is more interesting
1: yes and and definitely definitely and that's the idea the classic is the value the classic mm-hmm. is and that's on that's that's intentional it's intentional so that uh restaurants can pour it by the glass and we yeah. can expose people to these wines um and so it's, it's one of the great values. And um, the, the, really the wines are, should be more in this price category as the single vineyards, as the production costs are very, very high. Um, but don't tell anybody I told you that classic <laughs> is always the best value.
0: Mm, nobody, nobody pay attention. Well, actually in UK, we can only have this classic. So I guess maybe lucky us. But actually a quick question about America and Canada. Yeah. In terms of like volume, production of Riesling, because I know Riesling is the main or key variety actually in Finger Lakes, mm-hmm. where does mm-hmm. it come in terms of growing in America or Canada? Do you know what what place it is?
1: Uh, if I don't know, I can make something up that sounds oh, fairly why, legit. Go, let's go with that. <laughs> no, no, no. So let's let's put it in perspective. Um, I love Ontario, which is the uh, Niagara mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. Niagara Escarpment. Uh, the Canadians by law have to be lovely people they're so nice and so kind (laughs) so by law yeah it's not often talked about but it's the truth so Ah, we go we (laughs) often go there my wife and I will go there if we need a quick getaway we'll either go to Montreal or we'll go up to Niagara and Mm -hmm. Niagara for me is about a three-hour drive if the border is, is, is well, number one, if the border is open, but number two, <laughs> if the border is not backed up. So a, a, a pretty quick drive, a mm-hmm. lovely area, great architecture, great food scene, and really good wineries. Um, up there, I think the last count I heard for Riesling was they made around 400,000 cases. Mm-hmm. And in the Finger Lakes, we're just shy of 250, maybe 240,000. Okay. Mm. So they make a bit more up there than we do, in fact. Uh, but if, yeah, if your listeners, I mean, it, it's a good region to vi- visit. I, I like it up there a whole bunch. It's, uh, it's very pretty and a good farm to table scene. Uh, some really nice wines and, and some nice countryside as well.
0: We talked about actually Ontario just a few episodes ago, so you don't need to big up them. Everyone knows about that. We need to bring everyone back to Finger Lakes.
1: <laughs> so, so like I was saying, I wouldn't go to Ontario. <laughs> I wouldn't go to Ontario if you paid me.
0: <laughs> Great, <gross.
1: laughs> A oh, bunch dear. of mean people up there too. They're terrible. <laughs> All they care about is hockey. Mm,
0: mm, I hear by law they have to be mean. That's what I've heard. Anyway, <laughs> but who, who knows? Who knows? Um, okay, so they probably are number one. And I guess then in America you're so I would imagine you are number one, right? Because you can obviously get amazing reasoning in Washington as well, but I'm sure that's gotta be smaller than than what you're doing.
1: It's uh I think Washington is probably bigger because they have oh, bigger plantings. Yeah. And and yeah, there's a couple big, big plantings out there that are, it's a completely different idea, you know, as far as the wines go, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, well, I, I would think there's some big, big plantings still on the West Coast, you know. Okay. Well,
0: anyway... Yeah just let's bring it back to finger legs so let's go to the other one i have the other single vineyard which is the Leidenfrost vineyard oh yeah okay again everyone yeah okay now these are all 2020 which i hear you've named hang on what did i write down vintage of the sun (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it sounds funny when you say it i don't know and when oh. i say it it sounds it sounds really serious but when you say it i go oh my god who in the hell came up with that you say it you uh, say um, it you say it then let what is 2020 it's vintage of the sun
0: oh my god that's so serious absolutely right um yeah yeah, yeah I no I believe, on. I believe
1: you i believe you so <laughs> well i think you know you want to know where it came from why vintage of the sun um what we do or what I do now last few years for me, the, the vintage always signifies something. And in 2018, it was, you know, peach, fresh, juicy, right before it falls off the tree peaches because Mm -hmm. of the vintage. 19 was all about these kind of mineral and wildflowers. It was a vintage, very much of the vineyard of the earth. And -hmm. then 20, um, you know 20 came and, and covid was raging and and my team couldn't come you know louis couldn't come from france and uh we, it was just myself and julia here and i said mother nature if you could just do me this favor <laughs> and give me, me a solid, a really, <laughs> do me a solid <laughs> give me a good vintage that is dry relatively disease free and make my picking life easy i would really appreciate it and she did
0: so you were like i don't mind a bit of disease you weren't even saying like i want disease free you were just like a little less disease which actually is really fair that's a really fair
1: right ask. i'm reasonable mm-hmm. i'm reasonable mm, totally. and mm-hmm. she she delivered she gave us a great vintage and it was a vintage of the sun but you know it was really great because everybody had to be outside around here so you had all these wineries that you know didn't have outdoor seating so they cobbed together whatever they could to put people outside so for a host of reasons i mean not only viticulture but it it allowed a lot of people to survive i'm quite convinced because people could sit outside and still drink wine and they had their social distancing and so forth so it helped us on many many fronts Mm. but um so it's it's a vintage that you really do feel the sun now over time i think this initial i call it kind of baby fat the, the 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 influence of the vintage will fall away and then you will really feel the mineral and the salinity over time this has been my experience so uh vintage of the sun
0: okay right well i love that i really do that was a really good story actually now i'm excited because the description on the back everybody is lemon Verbena. actually that sounded terrible i didn't hang up let's try again (laughs) lemon i I don't know what what am i doing i'm trying to be too posh now (laughs) (laughs) this is ridiculous lemon verbena lavender intense okay i love it and this is on lordstown channery silt loam over shale i have never heard of lordstown channery silt loam what the hell is lordstown channery silt loam it's uh it sounds (laughs) very
1: it sounds very english doesn't it
0: it does a little bit something from bridgerton
1: yeah it sounds Mm -hmm. as if it should be like a a custom shirt company on like Savile row or something lordstown Uh, i'm going to get my button down from lordstown channery Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. it's uh it's really almost inconsequential because there's very little of it it's mostly shale okay it's (laughs) mostly shale uh (laughs) I mean, there's probably six or eight teaspoons of this uh, channery silt loam on this slope. I mean, it is so shaley there. Okay. It's a great, it's a magnificent sight. Um, my buddy, uh, John Lydon Frost, who is just, he's a true uh, cartoon character. He's amazing. He has hands uh, that are like baseball mitts. Uh, I think he's about he's about eighty right now, and he he works still every single day of the year. He's oh, a brilliant, time. brilliant person, and I love him. And uh, this site is magical. It's it's steep. It's very difficult to farm, and mm-hmm. it makes wines. Uh, if we had to give it a Grand Cru, a Premier Cru, a village level status, this probably is a Grand Cru. It's a wine that's made for aging, that will develop over time, that will give lots of uh, lots of pleasure, but. Here's the thing I want you to pay attention to is the mid-palate and the length. Right okay. now, the wine's probably a little on top of itself. It might, aromatically, it's it's, it's great, but when you put it in your mouth and you have this mid-palate and this length, that to me is like, whoa. Um, a lot of people drink Riesling with one pinky mm-hmm. in the air. And I say when you drink <laughs> Leidenfrost, <laughs> you have to put the pinky down. Put the pinky down. Because this is
0: serious.
1: Because it's, 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 it's legit it's really legit
0: oh so you said about mid palette they get a really lovely waxiness there's a it's Mm. all of the wines are textural as we've already established but this one seems to be the most mouth coating with this very definable slate minerality Mm. now interesting obviously you said this is really really shale like in the soils that maybe is why I'm picking it up. And I get a lot of actually melon and kiwi notes. So this really mm. bright, fresher fruits rather than... There's still, you know, some blossom in there, florals. There's that peach and apricot, which I think actually is has definitely been in both of these two single vineyard wines. But I'm getting that kind of fresher style. Maybe even like a little bit of lemon meringue in there. Um, yes. You're, so I get the this lovely lift of violet... So in terms of flowers, I get real violet, And then you say lavender on your tasting notes. And I think it's this herbal, floral, spicy nature that I get on the finish, which effectively is. It's lavender. You're, you're spot on there. Um, it is... Really beautiful. Um, I like the intensity. Now, are you
1: of available to come over to help us with the tasting notes in the 21s? Because you're you're good. Oh. You're really good. Oh, yeah, thank we're you. gonna we need we need some uh we need some fresh eyes always, so we appreciate mm. it.
0: Um well whether I can come over or not, you can send me a palette. You know, it's, <laughs> it's,
1: it's <laughs> happily, it's happily that's oh, no. great. Mm.
0: they're delicious. Now I want to talk about some food pairings with riesling right mm, now mm-hmm. obviously you've got you yeah, know shellfish you could do that with prawns they're great with um pork don't you um, don't you
1: say don't you say spicy asian
0: no because spicy <laughs> i because i would have put that if it's an off dry riesling because yeah, we want totally. a sweeter riesling to go with the asian food so no that is off the table so more pork dishes maybe with some lovely apple yes. puree or anyway um and as i said you know, crab, prawns, these kind of things. However, you like to pair your Rieslings with tinned fish, which I think is curious (laughs) and super, super interesting. Can you talk us through these bone-dry Rieslings with tinned fish, please?
1: Sure. So, um, at the winery, uh, you know, we created this little thing called the salon. And the salon is uh, some—it's where the grown-ups come to ha- hang out. You know, they sit. They, they <laughs> oh, so I can't
0: sit... go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a very—it's a very open definition of grown up, by the way. Oh,
0: okay. Um,
1: uh, you are in Hector, and Hector—the rules are very loose. Um, okay. And and here we've set up some nice chairs, uh, very comfortable, and you're in the winery, or you're out on the press deck where we receive the grapes. So you're really in the heart of the beast. And I, for for myself, I'm not very interested, um, and I don't enjoy drinking wine on its own, unless it's champagne. But just to have a glass of white wine, most of the time, uh, I'll have a cocktail or a beer. So I've always liked to have a snack. Mm -hmm. So when uh, we had had, uh, COVID, a lot of our customers the forge customers would say rick we love hanging out at forge we're up on the hill uh we don't even have a sign in front of the winery it's we're kind of oh, how exclusive,
0: this I'm, how exclusive. Uh, I'm
1: not a very good capitalist i'm not very <laughs> smart in that respect so it's a big black building up on top of this hill it's quiet it's you have a great view of the lake it's really peaceful so we put some nice chairs and i said boy you know we have to have snacks So cheese is easy because we have some really nice uh, aged goat cheese and we put a Mm -hmm. bit of honey. Oh, goat cheese Uh, and
0: Riesling. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Goat Mm -hmm. cheese, uh, aged three months with a bit of honey and sea salt. You put the honey, the salt, and the cheese together. It's magical. That was easy. Mm -hmm. Then I said, well, we need a bit of ham. So we have three-year-old Patanegra from Spain.
0: Yummy. So
1: yummy ham. Mm -hmm. And then I thought... Well, the 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 influence of the sea here is is still here, even though we're nowhere near the water. And I've always enjoyed conserva. And growing up in Florida, my grandfather and I—he uh, worked in construction—and often for lunch we would have smoked oysters with saltine crackers and a Coors beer. You know?
0: Oh. Okay. And I
1: and 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 I thought, my gosh, wouldn't it be fun to have this conserva because. There's so much amazing conserva available nowadays um, and have it with these with these crisp, dry, salty wines. And so we started playing with tasting a bunch of different conserva from all over the world and the fattiness of the oil, the fattiness of sardines or anchovies or or shellfish uh, work so incredibly well with this salty, fresh, dry white wine.
0: Do you know, I've never thought about it before because I, I just don't. I've never, I don't have tinned fish. It's just not something I've ever done. And I, and I agree with you that there are some high, high quality tin fish out there. Um, and it's actually inspired me that with my other set of wines, I'm going to have to go and get some some high end tin fish and give this a go, so I can feel like I'm. Oh, there it's it's mm.
1: really, um, and and now you know you have so many conserva. Uh, that are being made that are being made in Michelin star restaurants that are chefs mm-hmm. that that have, you know, gotten because of COVID, maybe uh, jumped out of the restaurant business and started doing these handcrafted conserves. I mean, we have stuff from Washington, from Canada, from France, from Spain, from Portugal, uh, Denmark. I mean, there's it's it's and what's great about it is it's it's the fish at its peak. You know, mm. so it's when the fish is abundant or when they are harvested and canned. So you're getting the freshest interpretation unless you went right to the market and you cooked it that day. So it's, it's a hell of an interesting thing. And you can crack open a very good can with some crackers and a good glass of dry wine. And, and it's a meal. It's lovely.
0: Well, I would say thank you for bringing that to me because it's just not something that has ever been uh, on my radar. So thanks for that. Appreciate that. Well,
1: i give you a list of recommendations.
0: Oh, perfect. Please do. Now, just to finish <laughs> off, obviously people can come and visit you, but they mm-hmm. might not be able to find you. <laughs>
1: Is <laughs> sign, no, it's right? GPS. GPS. Uh, okay. Come okay. On. So
0: people need to go to the website, get mm-hmm. your—I was going to say postcode, but you obviously call it probably something else in America. Your what oh, do you, yes. zip what code. Do you, zip yeah. code. That's it. That's it. Take your zip code. Um, <laughs> and I don't know why I said it with that voice because that wasn't. Even I think America's. you. Were, I think you
1: were. I think you were trying to mimic me right then. Wait, I hang on. You, uh, that like was your zip
0: zip code. Now I can't zip do it in America. Zip zip code. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh moving on from that so they put the zip code in they will come to you there's obviously the salon where they can drink some wine mm-hmm. and eat some sardines maybe uh, then sure. you do winery tours
1: uh yeah sure uh we Sometimes. do a sit down <laughs> yeah no we do a maybe uh, a sit down tasting three times a day in another lovely building called the summer house um, okay, cool. It's is a super high level, really fun, informative uh, tasting of five or six wines. Uh, takes about an hour, and uh, it's a great view. and You'll learn a lot, and you'll taste a bunch of wines, and it's 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 really it's quite nice. Uh, we call that the classroom, and then they come to <laughs> recess. Recess is the salon, so uh, it's a, it's it. a one-two, one-two. You come and you get some learning, and then you come down and you have some fun, all in one fell swoop.
0: Well, thank you very much, Richard, because I feel like I've had some learning and now I'm going to take these wines into my salon (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, and have some
0: fun. Well, you know, you know, it would be a waste, wouldn't it? So um, you've been brilliant. You've been absolutely informative. Everybody go to the Finger Lakes. And if you can't go to the Finger Lakes, buy some Finger Lakes and specifically get some Well, hey, I'm
1: coming your way. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, when I come your way, I'll make sure to let you know and maybe we can... We can, in person, taste some of these wines together Hook and, ha- and ha- have, have a laugh or two.
0: Absolutely. That sounds like a plan. Well, let's not make other people jealous. Let's stop recording now so we can plan it without people listening. <laughs> They'll be following Thank us. You. you know, we won't tell them where we're going to be. Right. Thank <laughs> you. I'll speak to you soon. Take care.
1: Lovely. Take care.
0: So that is it with Richard Rainey. But I wanted to clear up something where we didn't fully clarify statistics on Riesling grown in America. And of course, I quite clearly embarrassed myself by even assuming that Finger Lakes would do more than Washington. If I was actually using my brain, I would realize how large a region Washington state is over on the West Coast. So just to give you guys some statistics... In Washington state, first of all, it's the second largest wine producing state in the U.S. So, yeah, should have figured that one. Over 60,000 acres of vines are planted there and 5,307 of those acres are Riesling. Now, just to compare acreage... New York State, that's the whole of New York State, only has 35,000 acres, and Finger Lakes specifically is 9,393 acres. So when we're looking at that one region, Finger Lakes, I was shocked to realize it's just a sweet 849 acres planted to Riesling. Well, now, when you go and get yourself a bottle of Riesling from the Finger Lakes, you know how special it really is. Now, keeping on the food theme, as Richard has really inspired me with that conserver and Riesling pairing, I have found a quote from Clifton Faddyman. So he is an American author, radio personality, television star. And he said, if food is the body of good living, wine is the soul yes it is thank you everybody for listening as always do make sure you have shared the podcast with your wine loving friends have you subscribed have you liked it if you can and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, as i always say i'm sorry repetition 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 it really helps the podcast become more discoverable so do leave me a little review and maybe some five stars thanks uh i will see you again next week I will be talking about viticulture. Have you ever thought about all of the different elements you need to think about if you were going to plant a vine and all the different aspects that could affect that vine's growth? Well, I'm going to go through it all next week. So until then, cheers to you.